Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Believe in Bingo podcast with yours truly, Solomon Wilcox. And right now we have a very special guest, the senior writer for The Athletic, Paul Daner Jr. You do excellent work, Paul, so it's great to have you on the show. We got to talk about our Bengals today. Yeah, it's uh, it's not great. It's uh, familiar, unfortunately, but here we go again, right? Back back into the breach. Here they go. Well, uh, everyone should go to theathletic.com. They should read your article because I think you asked some very good questions. And I have some questions I want to put to you. And they really are built on the article that you penned when you asked, hey, what can we learn about the Cincinnati Bengals after another 0-2 start? Remember, they got up to that 0-2 start one year ago. Then they went on to win 14 of their next 16 games. So I'll start by asking you, can we do it again? And why does it always have to be so difficult? <laughs> I don't know why it has to be so difficult. I don't know why it has to start this way outside of the fact that for the second straight year, you have a quarterback who didn't get a camp, who didn't get the work. And, and it, we can't, as much as that is an excuse and as much as that, you know, people want to brush that past that and, and, and talk about things that are going wrong. It's a reality. I mean, the offense has been sluggish and struggled early in the season for two years in a row because they really haven't had the work that you need to be properly prepared. And for the second straight year, I thought at the midpoint of game two, you started to see the rust knock off. You started to see things turn offensively. You started to see Joe Burrow find his rhythm, look like himself and and that we saw the same thing at the end of that Dallas game last year in week two. Yeah. And then from that point forward, they really did look like themselves. There were, there were adjustments certainly that they had to make, yeah. but I really felt like yesterday you saw the offense start to figure that's a good Baltimore defense. Yeah. They moved the ball consistently. The line protected well, they've been efficient running the ball this year. And then they were finally able to start hitting everybody. They, they, were converting all their third downs. They, they were doing all those things you're used to seeing mm -hmm. from the Bengals offense. It's taken time. It's cost them to wins again. Yeah. Um, but I do think offensively, I think you can learn that. I think they're in an okay spot. Actually, I, people are going to want to scream and yell, yeah. but I think offensively they actually are in an okay spot. And actually, in my opinion, a much better spot than they were at this point last year offensively. Yeah, and that, and that's what I really want to kind of drill down there because at the end of the day, um, you know, I like these guys. I think they're a very special group of guys. An 0-2 start does not change my mind on who I know these players to be. They're a close-knit group. They're battle-tested. These guys have played in some big-time games over the last uh, few years, whether it's a Super Bowl or AFC Championship games. Sunday to Sunday, they seem to always be at their best when their backs are up against the wall. We saw Joe kind of limp off the field at the end of the Baltimore game, given the state of this calf injury. Can he continue? And are we in a position, if we had to, to win games without Joe Burrow? You're not in a position to win games without Joe Burrow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we learned, yeah. I mean, maybe that's, if you talk about what we learned, I think we yeah. learned that in the preseason that yeah. you probably can't count on that. Yeah. Um, I'll say this. I mean, this, I don't think anybody expected it to last this long. I don't, mm. I think they thought they were past yeah. the point of re-injury, but this is what 
you know, we warned about and Sally, last time I was on with you, we talked about this. It's right. the end. It's when you're at that 90, 95% and you feel like you're all the way out of it and you get the tweak yeah. and suddenly you're back at square one. And that's what makes these things last as long as this one has lasted. And I think it's something that, you know, in talking to doctors today about that, they kind of said, look, it is. It's something that he'll probably have to manage for a while. It's just that's the nature of these things is he's going to have to find a way to play through it. The problem with that is mm -hmm. what you lose. You know, yeah. you lose that pocket movement. You lose that aggressiveness in trying to shake off a tackler and run for that third down. He's become this very pocket centric, you know, almost like older Tom Brady type yeah. still effective. Still, you can see him doing the things that he can do, but you lose that off script element yeah. that made their offense that extra level dangerous and made Joe Burrow extra level dangerous until he can find the physical and mental comfort to go out there and play like his full self. And he's so elusive in the pocket. Uh, people don't realize just how athletic he truly is. His ability to move in the pocket with vision down the field and find the open receivers buy time for them to get open and help the offensive line. I think that's a whole part of his whole package. He's just that good. I got to ask you this, um, this slow start, how much has it impacted our defense? And the reason why I ask that is because 60% of our offensive drives have ended in a three and out. Um, the defense over, I mean, we've had a couple of tough matchups against some good running football teams that, the Cleveland Browns, 200 yards rushing week one, 178 uh, rushing yards week two for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, how much maybe the lack of production offensively is starting to impact our defense to a certain degree? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point, Solly. I mean, it, it, there's something at play here because this doesn't make sense. This th this was not supposed to be the way this defense was supposed to be constructed. I mean, these are the same, this front seven is the same. These yeah. are the same guys that have been amongst the best run stopping groups in the league the last couple of years. Right. Only one time in the last two years when they're playing their starters, have they allowed more than 175 yards rushing and 4.5 per carry. And now in back-to-back -back games to start That's the season, right. and I know it's Nick Chubb. And I know it's the Ravens and that how Lamar dedicated Jackson, they are. Yeah. To, that's that's great. They've faced those guys before. Mm -hmm. They've faced tough running backs before. They've taken pride over stuffing Derrick Henry and stuffing Nick Chubb and all that's of right. these things. Mm -hmm. And that's not – you're not used to seeing the other team quite literally line up and shove it down your throat on third and three, on third and two, and do that on repeat. That's concerning to me because that that's not a technical thing. That's mm -hmm. not about rust. That's a unit that was supposed to be your strength, something that's been your strength for two years, being a liability through a couple of weeks. And I don't, you know, where is the fix there? What is wow. going to happen there? I don't, I don't know what that is. I think there's going to be a, a got to be a lot of discussions and hard talks happening uh, it, with Lou Anarumo and that group about what is going on where teams are able to just run it like this. At yeah, you. 70 snaps or more in both games. And you can say, well, the offense can give us some help by uh, prolonging their snaps. Going three and out certainly doesn't help the defense, but there have been times where the defense could have gotten off the field and yet they're giving up a new set of downs. So there's certainly a work in progress. No one's pressing uh, the panic button or anything like that. I got to ask you, though, is this offense 
beginning to heat up. I think you kind of alluded to that earlier. They were 10 of 15 on third down against the Baltimore Ravens. However, the Ravens were missing six starters. A um, couple of guys on their offensive line are out. A couple of guys in their secondary is out. It's okay. They're all pros. They still got to play. You starting to see any signs that the offense is starting to kind of heat up a little bit? Yeah, one thing one thing I'll say when you when you kind of look at some underlying aspects of this, you mentioned third downs. I'll take it a step further. Third and manageable, which was a massive issue in Cleveland. They were one for seven after being one of the best teams in the league, you know, third and five or less uh, last year. Well, this week they were eight for nine on third and manageable. And the only one they didn't get was because they took a shot deep in the fourth quarter, knowing they'd go for it on fourth and four and they got it on fourth and four. Um, So really perfect in that situation. That's a huge difference. I mean, that's who they are, right? They are just brutally efficient underneath. They kill you when you get in, when they stay on path and get efficient runs and get into third and manageable. And they did that yesterday. That to me, that is so much the key to knowing that their offense is finding themselves, is finding a rhythm, and is heating up, is is that particular situation. So to see them be that good in that situation yesterday, I think tells you that you're you're seeing things start to come together in the way uh, that they can operate offensively. Tell me more about what we're learning about our secondary. Let's face it, we're without Jesse Bates and Vaughn Bill, and what they did better, I think, than any safeties in the entire league. They didn't let people throw the ball over their heads. They were great when it came to downfield throws. St. Flowers got the 52-yard. I thought it was great coverage. I thought it was good close coverage by Cam Taylor-Britt. But when Nick Scott went out of the game, looked like he could be out for a while, just kind of helped me to understand what you're seeing with this secondary. And should there be any concern now with Nick Scott being nicked up a little bit? Yeah, maybe. I mean, Jordan Battle is a rookie after all, and a rookie at the safety position, no matter how smart and aware you think a player is coming out of school or how big their program, I mean, that's it's a whole different ballgame, as you know. You know, I mean, you know, Solly, great coverage by Cam Taylor-Britt. You know what was missing in that picture, though? Dax Hill. That's right. Where's Dax? You know, he's <laughs> the guy. He, he's got the guy behind him and he's not even in the picture on that deep ball. And then there's Dax Hill trying to cover Mark Andrews. Can't get through the wash on the touchdown on third and goal, you know, are those plays that a Von Bell or a Jesse Bates makes is that we talked before the season, you know, you know, there's going to be growing pains for a new group. You know, there's going to be issue in your first, but it's just, you don't want it to cost you games. Did it cost them a game yesterday? I don't know. I haven't spoken to Lou Anarumo today to tell me specifically the answer to those questions, but those are the things that were going to be an issue early in the season. There was going to be moments where all of a sudden a ball is getting thrown over top or the pass off doesn't go correctly, or a guy who's not used to being out there having to fight through the wash to get an all pro tight end at the goal line can't get there in just in the nick of time. And it's a matter of seconds. Maybe he gets there the next time they play Baltimore but you know, I think you, you see you you saw some of that yesterday, and I think some of that is is where you get some of the uncharacteristic um, drives that continue because you don't get the one tackle that you need or the one stop that you need uh, from one of those guys. Now we get the zero and two start a little bit different for me this year because it's within the tough AFC North division. Last year when we were zero and two, we had lost um, a game to Pittsburgh. We had lost to the Dallas Cowboys. Felt like we could make it up. Um, how um, similar does this seem like last year? And in what ways, Paul, might it be a little bit different? 
I think it's similar. You know, they also started 0-2 in division last year. That loss right. to the Ravens right. made them 2-3 and three, mm-hmm. um, overall, and, and that was when the, the worm turned, and they didn't lose again to the Ace Championship game. But right. I, So, I, you know, I think in that way, it's not that you can't get out of it, but the division yeah. is tougher. I mean, the it's it, there is there is going to be no walkovers the rest. I mean, that's apparent. I mean, the North is just going to be a bloodbath, mm-hmm. and and so when you have that, um, that that makes it harder to to find your way out. You still have a lot of tough games on your schedule. I, I I'm not going to look at that as much. I'm concerned about the defense, and I'm concerned about Joe Burrow's calf being something that takes away a little bit of their you know their punch offensively and some of that extra. Those two things. I think the rest of it. You can say you can see they're in a good spot. I, I mean, I, I don't. They still have a good roster. They're still in a good yeah. place. They they still should win plenty of games. Those are the two areas where I have questions. Where it feels different yeah. is wondering how those two situations are are, are going to play out because you know defensively specifically stuff you're not used to seeing and you just never know these these lower extremity soft tissue things. How long will it go on? And it because it does change the way that they operate offensively. All right, give me something I can smile about. Talk to me about some of the young guys. I see Zach Carter is being more active on that defensive line. I don't, the hand to the face thing, that was just fighting, but he tipped one, created an interception uh, last week. He seems to be getting more in the rotation. Cam Taylor Britt, another young player, just getting better and better each and every week. Um, Charlie Jones, how about that? 81-yard punt return. We hadn't seen one of those around here in a long time, so... Who are some of the guys maybe Bengals fans should be paying attention to? Because everybody wants to win, but there's these small wins we need to celebrate along the way, right? No doubt. And and even you know, DJ Turner at corner, I would yeah. say, you know, he's gotten more reps than you would expect him to get considering they're healthy. I mean, the, the times they've been easing Chitabe Wuzie back in, mm-hmm. you know, he's played 50% and then 75%, they, you know, the scaling up for him. They've had DJ Turner out there a lot, and he's looked the part. He had a great camp, great preseason. When he's got an opportunity in these games, he's looked like a guy for a young rookie corner to come out and to get this kind of valuable reps early in the season. You feel really good about, I think, the depth of your cornerback room in 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 because of that. So I think I think that's a big plus. And really, you, I mean, you mentioned a bunch of those rookies getting opportunities, making some plays, making the most of them. I think uh, you know some of the young players have made have made some nice impact early on. Well, that's good. We're going to need them um, because you don't get to always play it out by the same script that you did one year ago. Um, but we may have to go down that path. I just remember. I think you're on it. Week, every, yeah, every <laughs> single week seems to just be this cliffhanger. And when you start off zero and two, it's almost like you don't have any more to burn. Um, so we're going to certainly you know, have to take care of business from here on out. Um, Talk to me about what you see on the horizon. I know we got the Rams coming in here soon, and uh, but we're going to have to start knocking off some W's here real quick. Yeah, this was the portion of the schedule that you looked at and said, okay, this is where you're going to make your hay, right? Because you had a team with the continuity. We thought this was going to be a big deal, even though they've taken two losses. The continuity hasn't been so helpful with the coaching staff, with the team. And then you look at a schedule with teams that didn't have as much of that, a really young Rams team, although they've looked better, I think, than people thought would be coming here on Monday Night Football. You have the Titans. They've got they're, – they're changing things over. They're in a little bit of a rebuild. Arizona clearly in a rebuild. I mean, these are games 
that are ahead of you. You started 0-2, but winnable games against teams that have a lot of new stuff going on that are trying to find their own way, they've forced themselves to have to really take advantage of this stretch in their schedule. And you know what? Stepping out of the North might be nice for a minute. (laughs) That's right. These teams that know you so well make it so much harder, but now some teams that don't know you so well Maybe the Bengals can can make hay. They certainly put themselves in a position where they absolutely have to. Paul, let's end this one on a good note, something really positive. I got to okay. tell you right now, um, I felt as about as bad for T. Higgins after week one, maybe as anyone, because this is a guy, he's a fighter. He's a hard worker. You watch him every day in practice. This guy, it, it matters to him. He really cares about it. But boy, did he respond week two. What can you tell us about T. Higgins? What was he facing going into this Ravens game? And how did he rebound in a very special way that we should all be proud of? Well, yeah. And there was a lot on the line yesterday for T. Higgins, maybe more than anyone, because let's be honest. I mean, you've been in this league until you've gotten your first, your second deal. You've gotten your big money. It hangs over your head. And when you're in a contract year, it's in your mind. I got to play great this year, especially earlier in the year. You've had all offseason to get yourself hyped. If I can have a huge year, I can get a huge deal. And he knew that. And then to come out in the opener and go 0 for 8 and and have a rough one, you worry about that compounding on itself mentally. Mm -hmm. Jesse Bates talked about this two years ago where he felt like he really pressed and he mentally got in his own head the first half of his contract year and it hurt the way he played. You worried about that with T Higgins, if he couldn't respond or have a big game and that that would start to snowball a little bit for him to have a game like that yesterday is huge for erasing that getting out there, playing loose, playing free, being yourself. Cause you know, if T Higgins goes out there and plays like himself, it'll be all good. And I think, and I think from now having seen that, uh, I think you can kind of put some of those contract year concerns a little under the rug. And that's big for, for the long-term view of this Bengals team. For players, we call that freedom because you don't have that weight on your shoulder. Everybody knows it's like the elephant in the room, these high expectations and no one has higher expectations on T Higgins than what he has on himself. And uh, just trying to measure up to that is enough. But sometimes that can happen, just like what you mentioned with Jesse Bates. It was good to see him turn in a two-touchdown game performance. He gave us a chance to win. Um, And I expect these guys to stick together and come back fighting. We just got to come back and we got to take on the Rams this week and come away with our our first win. Paul Daner Jr. of The Athletic. You can go to theathletic.com to find all of his great work there where he covers the Cincinnati Bengals on the daily does some excellent work, Paul. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. We want to thank you, everyone, for joining us right here on the Believe in Bingo podcast right here on Valley Sports Ohio. Make sure you check out Bet Online for all of your sports betting needs. For anything that I do betting related, I go on over to betonline.ag and I use promo code BELIEVE50. Bet Online has all of the latest updated odds for the NFL and college football seasons. Anything you need, whether it's futures, live in-game betting, no matter what, your football betting needs are met at Bet Online. And again, make sure you use that promo code Believe50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.